Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. God bless you, church. We're so glad you're here today. Let's get some lights on up in this place if we can. Thank you. I'm like a seeing eye dog a little bit. We're so glad you're here today. We're starting a new series today called Sacred, and it's really sacred with a question mark. I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment, but we're really blessed and honored uh, that you're here today. Had a great opportunity uh, to visit with some families on Friday. Kim and I were riding around and visiting with some folks. I want to say hi to Miss Carol and Miss Betty and Miss Helen and so many of our uh, seniors that are not able to be with us today and folks that are staying home. We love you. We're glad you're staying safe. We're practicing all the stuff we're supposed to practice uh, in the house this morning. Uh, But you know what? You hear enough about everything that's going on in our world on the news. So let's just look in the Bible this morning. Does that sound good this morning? I want to invite your attention to Exodus chapter 3. If you have a Bible, uh, if not, you can turn there. Uh, My neighbor, Tammy Young, is watching. I'm going to say hi to a couple people online uh, this morning so they believe that we're really live. Because uh, for the first five or six weeks, we taped our services so that we could um, edit and do some things. But my dear, dear, dear friends from Lagonia Church of Dallas, let's give them a big hand for helping us this morning. My dear brother, Pastor Leandro, and his minions, his crew, we're so thankful for them and, and their ministry and their friendship uh, and, their, and their brotherhood. So I'm starting this series today called Sacred. You know, say, 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 say the word sacred for me this morning. Now say it with like a question mark. Sacred, right? So what does that mean? We're going to talk about that uh, over the next few weeks, but I hope it's not what you think it's going to be already, okay? Um, when you think about, well, the, a good definition of the word sacred is this, uh, something that is set apart for worship towards a deity, right? But I like the definition that says this, something set apart by God. And when you think of something that's sacred, uh, you know, Catholic churches and early churches, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, right after, you know, Jesus ascended, the the, the new church was growing, uh, and then we had, you know, different denominations that came up, but a lot of Catholic churches that were set up very, very early during their rise in, in, you know, world history or whatever, for a church to be kind of uh, deemed legitimate, they had to have some kind of article that was connected somehow loosely to the life of Jesus, whether it was a splinter from the cross or perception of part of the, 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 the crown of thorns that Jesus wore, uh, the cup of Christ. We've seen even Indiana Jones movies do that. A couple of his movie, movies focused on some things that they were perceived as sacred, the cup of Christ. Do you remember that? Uh, in the last crusade and then the one with the Ark of the Covenant uh, that he did. And you may think, boy, I, I, would, I love history. Uh, I've had the privilege of, uh, of traveling overseas and standing on graves. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know this, but I'm from Philadelphia. I don't know if I've ever told you that before. But I, in Philly, it's interesting. When you see grave markers here, you'll see 1800s and stuff like that. In Philadelphia, you'll see grave markers that say 1600s, which people over in Europe and the Far East laugh at because we were standing on graves that said 800, 900 A.D., 
1200 AD and some things like that. So it's fascinating. And I love studying history. I love all the parts of that. And I would like to see, you know, I would like to see some things or, or be in the presence of things that, that were here on the earth when Jesus was here. Maybe some things that he touched. If, if the Shroud of Turin, right, the Shroud of Turin is what they say was wrapped around Jesus' body when he was in the grave for a couple days. If that really is the, 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 the uh, sheet that was covering Jesus' body for those few days, I would like to see that. I think that would be a neat experience. And, and that's kind of how we look as sacred. Or, or you may look at something sacred in your life as a moment you had. Maybe the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you could kind of remember, maybe not the date and all those different things, but everything that was going around you. And that's a sacred moment for you. Or maybe the day that you got married. You know, you remember that day very well, and that promise that you made, not only to your espoused and to everybody that was in the room with you that day, but that promise that you made to God Almighty that you were going to uh, be married to that person, that, that may be a sacred moment for you. But I think sometimes when we talk about things that are sacred, our focus is on things that are sacred to us, right? And I want to talk to you over the next few weeks about this idea of things that are sacred to God. Things that are sacred to God. And I'm going to read this passage for you in Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. God's inspired word says, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I tell them? Now Moses, when he said... To God, I'm going to go to your children. I'm going to tell them that the God of your fathers of Abraham told me to come and talk to you. Really, what Moses was saying was kind of like a lowercase g God, right? This God, this kind of ambiguous God, there's gods everywhere. He grew up in Egypt. He knew about all the gods that they worshiped. So this particular God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he was really becoming more familiar with him because he had just met him uh, out in the wilderness there that at that time when he was standing on holy ground. And God said to Moses in verse 14, I am who I am. That's what I want you to say to the children of Israel, that I am has sent me to you. And then God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. And this is important here. This is my name forever and this, being his name, is my memorial to all generations. I want to talk to you today about why God's name, God set apart his name to be sacred for us. He's the one that said his name was sacred. He's the, and, and you say, wow, we're kind of getting old school here with the you know, with the stained glass behind us and, and this kind of feeling of this old, old kind of school uh, chat that we're having today. But you know what? I think this is very relevant for the day that we live today because it just seems like the name of, for God, is, of God is either taken for granted, used in a, in a way that doesn't honor him, or honestly is just totally forgotten. It's like all of these things, and I, I kind of think that even Christians believe that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are having a staff meeting today going, what are we going to do about COVID? Oh, my me. Right? I think that's, the, that, that's what we think is happening up in the heavenlies today. And, and we have to understand that the very foundational truth 
of the being of God is his name and what he wants that to mean to us today. Why should God's name be sacred to us? Well, I believe that God's name should be sacred to us because God's name speaks into his very existence. It's a big deal that God is. He said, who, who are you? Who, what should I tell them whose name you are? And he said, well, I am. That means he's existed in eternity past. He's in existence now. He's going to exist forever. He was telling the children of Israel that day, or Moses, to tell the children of Israel that his own name speaks into his existence. The Bible teaches us, therefore we believe. Somebody say amen to that. <coughs> the Bible teaches us, therefore we believe that God exists eternally, that God created everything in six days, and on the seventh day he rested, that God created man perfect, but man chose to disobey God. God provided a way for forgiveness for the, for the, when he shed the animals and their blood covered up their sins. But God provided an ultimate sacrifice in his son Jesus Christ so that we could be forgiven and have an everlasting, eternal, never-ending, never-stopping, reliable relationship with him. God is. And by the nature of his existence and his name, he is who he said he is. Why does that matter? Because we live in a time where everything's changing. Things are crazy right now. We were at um, Dave Roberts' host Men's Breakfast Network on Saturday morning. And I was talking to the guys, and I wanted to encourage them out of a passage out of Romans chapter 12 that just talked about how in the midst of all the craziness that's happening in our world today, live peaceably among the brethren. Don't look for reasons to pick fights. Listen, you don't have to go very far to find an argument today, do you? Just turn your Facebook on and start scrolling. And I want to know how many times your, flinger, your finger flips up before you get frustrated. At some, how many of you guys got frustrated at something somebody said on Facebook this week? Raise your hand up in the air. Mm, did you ever do that? Did you ever talk to the computer while you're looking at it? Oh, no, you didn't. Mm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going I'm to say some things to you, and I'm going to, and, and you know what's kind of funny? We think that we're going to solve their problem. We think that we're going to change their mind just, just as bad as they think they're going to change my mind because things change. But God doesn't change. It's very significant to you and I this morning that God's name speaks it to his, his existence, and number two, that God's name in and of itself tells us that he doesn't change. The word that means, it's kind of a smart-sounding word or educated-sounding word, if you will, that means that God's name or God doesn't change is this word called immutable. Immutable. That means God is, God was, God always will be, and he's not gonna change his mind. Now, why is that... Why is that relevant for us today? Where God doesn't change his mind, okay. Well, here's the thing. God's not waiting to negotiate with you. You know, we think we could talk to God and say, you know, God, here's the thing. I'll do this if you do that. Like, we have something that God's like, oh, oh man, thank goodness. I really, really, really needed you to do that, right? Well, God, because God doesn't change, he's not waiting to negotiate. Here's the thing. God said, here's the deal. I will forgive you, and that forgiveness is already paid for through my son Jesus. Here's what you have to do. Accept it. Well, what about, no, you don't have to do that. 
Well, do I need to give money to it? No, you don't have to do that. Well, do I have to go to church every week to be saved? No, I don't have to do that. Do I have to do this to be saved? No, I don't have to do that. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, it says in Acts chapter 16 in verse verse number 31. God doesn't change. He's not going to negotiate with us. He's not negotiating with Satan over our souls. It's interesting. We think that Satan, I, I talked about four or five different people about this week. We kind of think that, oh man, there's a battle in the heavenlies. God, God's kind of like Rocky and, and Satan's uh, Apollo Creed or maybe Mr. T because Mr. T was kind of meaner, right? And, and they're just duking it out. Listen, if you think that God is an enemy of Satan, you don't understand who God is. God created Lucifer. He's our enemy. God can do this to Satan. Done. He could snap his fingers and he wouldn't be in existence anymore. But he's our enemy because, you know, we're fighting over dominion over the world. When God created Adam, he told Adam, you will have dominion over the world. Adam sinned and lost his right to have dominion over the world. And then Jesus came to this earth, died for our sins, and established himself as the king of this world. Satan doesn't like that. He's fighting us because he knows we are the things that we are the very, very things that his, Jesus died for, that God loves the most. Listen, Satan was, Lucifer, when he was in heaven, he was the favorite. He was the number, the favorite child. How many of you in your family that have kids have a favorite kid? Raise your hand. Don't do it. You'll be in trouble. Don't do it. Oh, your kids aren't here. That's why you can do it. Absolutely not. You don't want to say that, right? But God but said about Lucifer that he was God's chosen. He was the angel of lights. He was like the most powerful of all the angels, right? But he wanted to be just like God. And you know what's kind of a slap in the face to Satan, really, what God did? God made man in his image to reflect God. And that made Satan man. He can't do nothing. If, if Satan could overtake God, don't you think he would do it already? Right? So Satan is coming after you and me and our families, and our lives, and our souls, and our way of being, and our country, and all, every country in the world. But God doesn't change. He's not up there worried. Pastor, what are we going to do? We're going to have to get a, an oculation, and there's going to be the, this chip in our body, and, 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 and that means that the end times are coming. That's good. You say, what? All that end time, that means Jesus is coming back. And the Bible says that's our hope. We don't need to be worried about that. What am I going to do? All my bills. Hey, listen, if Jesus comes back the day before you pay all your bills, wouldn't that be balling, right? (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome the day before everything was due? But God doesn't change. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob's, will not be destroyed. James chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. I love that part of the verse because every good thing about your life is from God. How many of you have something good about your life this morning? Raise your hand up in the air. Come on, everybody ought to have their hand up in the air, right? Now, right now, I want you to thank God for it. I'll do it first. Thank God for my awesome wife. Say it out loud. Thank God for something this morning. Right? God's so good. And anything that's good about your life is from God. But then the Bible also goes on to say this. uh, Every good gift comes from above, comes from the Father of the heavenly lights. You ready for this? And there's another great attribute about God. Who doesn't change like shifting shadows? He doesn't change. 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse number eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. Here's the third part about the reason that God's name is so sacred to us. God's name tells us that he's not only the creator, but that he's the sustainer of everything. The creator and the sustainer of everything. Listen to these two verses. Uh, Acts chapter 17, in verse number 28. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. He's our creator. Colossians chapter 117, it says this about Jesus Christ, and he is before all things, and through him all things consist or exist. We can't exist without God, without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus Christ. The Bible says he sustains that. You know what that means? He keeps it going. He keeps it going. He could stop everything today just like that. But he's allowing us to be here today to worship. He's allowing us to serve him. He's allowing us to live our lives, enjoy our families, do the things that we do. Why? Why does God give us all that he does? So that we can bring honor and glory to him. God's name tells us that he's a creator. His name. His name. God's name tells us that we must absolutely, without question, submit to and follow him. I think that's really significant for us to understand this morning. Because the idea of surrendering your will or submitting to a different Maybe system beyond your own understanding is very foreign to a lot of people. If you've ever told anybody about Christ or invited somebody to come to church that was just, I'm I'm not saying they're bad because they're no better than I am. I'm not saying that they're awful or this or this or this because I'm no better than anybody else just like none of us are this morning. Say amen. We agree with that. But without an understanding of even Judeo-Christian ethics or an understanding of Christianity or whatever that means, right, a Christian culture, there's just no understanding of that. And the first thing that comes into their minds when you tell them that Jesus loves them and Jesus wants a relationship, well, what do I need to do to earn that? What do I need to do to show God that I'm worthy of that? Do I need to give a bunch of money? Do I need to clean up my life a little bit? Don't do that, okay? It's okay. I'm just a little bit of an allergy. I was in a store the other day, and somebody sneezed, and you man, it was like mercury hitting the ground. Everybody ran. Oh, no, a sneeze, you know? Sorry. But if we understand this morning, this, underst- this, this idea that, that Jesus, when Jesus, when he prayed in Gethsemane, right before he was illegally tried, arrested, crucified, and all that that happened, he said to God, Not my will, but thy will be done. And we kind of glance over that. Oh, he was saying that because he was going to die for us and and, and God sent him to this world to die for us and all those things. But I, I think if we were to say that in our own lives, it's a little harder. Not my will. Not my will be done. Right? Husbands and wives, you know, we have that 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 clash of the titans all the time. The wills clash, right? Fathers and moms with their kids have that, that clash of the wills, you know? And I, I heard, I was, I was listening to somebody talk about 
about raising kids, and they said, you know what, in order to get your kids to follow you, you have to break their will. And that sounds, oh, it just sounds so violent and just so awful, doesn't it? But that child needs to understand that the decisions you're making, if you're making the right decisions, are for their benefit, and they don't have a choice in the deal. They've got to follow you whether they like it or not. And parents are like, yeah, darn right you're going to follow me, right? And we kind of flex at that until we think of this idea that our Heavenly Father wants us to do the same thing for him. Follow. Following's tough because we're not cutting our own path and doing our own thing. But by the very nature of God's sacred name, it means that we must submit and follow to him because he is greater than we are and we desperately need him this morning. And then the, and the last thing this morning I want to give you is this. God's name points to his son, Jesus Christ. The whole Old Testament is the story of how man needed a redeemer that was going to come. And then Jesus came. And the Bible says he came into his own, and his own didn't even receive him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, it tells us in John verse John chapter 1 and verse number 12. Then the Bible says this in John chapter 8. Jesus said, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day because he saw it. And he was glad when he, Jesus said he was glad when he thought about the day that, he, that Jesus was going to come. He said, you're not even 50 years old, they said to him. And you, you, you've, you, you say you've seen Abraham. Verily I say unto you, before Abraham was born, he said this, I am. Boy, that made those Pharisees mad because they were very familiar with the name of God, I am, that was given us back in Exodus. And when Jesus made that statement there that day, before Abraham was, I am, it just, it just went all over them, right? <clears throat> because that name, I am, pointed to Jesus Christ coming to this world so that we can be, a, so that we can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. I want you to consider the name or the names of God this morning. You think about how significant God wanted us to understand what his name is. And, you know, we could kind of relate to that this morning, right? Because, you know, we grow up and we go to school and then we go to college and maybe we'll start a business or go work for somebody or, or kind of carve our way out in the world today. And one of the things we're trying to do is, is, is to create a name for ourselves, Right? We want to be a good dad, a good mom, a good grandpa, you know, a good businessman, a good business owner. We want to be successful. We want our name, we want our name to mean something. We want that little dash, that little dash that symbolizes your whole life that's going to be on our tombstone someday. 1966 through hopefully 2067. Maybe I'll live to be 101 years old, right? Dr. Hooten, I need your help, okay? But we spend our whole life trying to do that, carve our name out for ourselves, right? And then when we think about the name of God, listen to this passage this morning. In Exodus chapter 20, the first four of the Ten Commandments, God spoke these words and he said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage. You will have no other gods before me. You will not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generations of those that hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Listen to this. You shall take the name, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. You see, because God's name is sacred, we must not take his name in vain. And that's just not, you know, we think taking the name of the Lord in, in, in vain means we're cursing, right? That you others, we shouldn't curse. Now, the Bible says don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Only things that build up and edify. Taking the name of the Lord in vain is a lot more than just saying, oh my God, or Jesus Christ in a way that's disrespectful. Taking the name of the Lord in vain is when we claim things are true about ourselves that are not, and we give God credit or even blame for him. That's taking his name in vain. But you know what's funny about taking the name of the Lord in vain? We've heard people say, and we've probably done it ourselves, when they've said, oh my God, or Jesus Christ, or something. It's like, that. it's hard to hear those things, preacher, right? Because they're, they're very offensive. But you know what's amazing? You've never heard anybody say, oh my Satan. You ever heard anybody say that? Or Lucifer, right? No, because that doesn't matter. God's name. We must not take his name in vain. We must honor, revere, and respect the name of God. We must submit ourselves to the authority of his name. The way that you use or speak God's name shows your level and your respect and the honor that you give him in your life. Because the truth of the matter this morning is, church, the way that we live, the way that we talk, the way that we walk, the way that we conduct ourselves privately, publicly, in business, in family, either honors or dishonors the name of God. So let me ask you three questions and we're going to pray. Are you submitted to God's name as the primary authority in your life? The name of God. It's who I serve. It's who I worship. It's why I'm here. It's why I do what I do. Don't make God a Sunday thing. It's great to come to church. It's great to see all of you here. It's great to have all these folks that are watching with us this morning and will watch us throughout the day. That's kind of a cool thing, and we're really blessed to be able to do that. But if the extent of your Christianity and your honoring the name of God is in the 45 minutes to an hour that you give him on Sunday, you're not really giving him very much. You're not really giving him very much. Do you believe in the name of God? his Holy Spirit and his son Jesus Christ will you submit to that name today you say well I'm already a believer don't you love coming to church and they talk about something you already did and you come walking out going yeah I did that what's up with that you know all you other people need that today but you know I think sometimes as I was kind of reading through this this week and praying about it and studying and thinking about it and even talking to some of my friends about it this week Am I submitted to God in every area of my life today? In every area? Am I submitted to God by the way that I live on Monday? Am I submitted to God by the way that I feel on Friday night? Am I submitted to and fully following God when I get mad at people during the week? Am I submitted to and fully following God when I'm driving down the road? When somebody confronts me and I get upset at it, 
Do you ever feel your temperature go up or your blood pressure start pumping because somebody kind of came at you? And you just want to walk up to them and go, hey, you just want to do that, right? And then you go like this, well, I can apologize for it because God will forgive me. Boom, I'm solid, right? But are we fully submitted to and following God and really trusting in, submitting to, embracing his name and making it the center part of our life? God's name is sacred. It's set apart. It's special. It's different than any other name that you'll hear because it symbolizes something different that nobody else can do for you. Forgive you and give you eternal life and continue to forgive you and give you grace and mercy and kindness and gifts that you don't deserve and blessings in your life that you can't even begin to fully comprehend. All goes back to the name I am. Are you submitted to and following the name of God today? Can I invite you to join me in prayer this morning? Lord, we wanna thank you this morning for Yahweh, the great I am, Jehovah Jireh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we read throughout history and we have even seen it when somebody has said the name of a king or said the name of, uh, of somebody that was in royalty, they would, they would either bow down or genuflect or take a knee or, or show some kind of submissive spirit towards that person. And when we think of the name of God, it just comes out of our mouth like we're talking about a road sign or, 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 or a soft drink or a television program. Just very, very flippantly. When we hear the name of God, it ought to cause us to pause and be thankful and reflect. When we hear the name of God, it ought to make us think about, Father, I, please forgive me of the sin that's in my life today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. When we hear the name of God, it ought to be a reminder of the creator, the sustainer, the one who loves us, the one who forgives us, the one who's called us, the one to whom we represent the name of God. And it's sacred to us, Lord, this morning because you said it's sacred. Not because it gives us a feeling or, 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 or makes us something in the flesh, Lord, we, we submit to it because you said it's sacred and holy. So as we say the name of God in our lives this week, may it be in a way that brings honor to you. May it be in a way that provokes others to want to know you. May it be in a way where your children are making you proud, carrying your name with your eyes closed and your heads bowed and kind of a just, a, just a prayerful, if I could say this word without sounding too redundant, sacred moment this morning. I wonder if somebody this morning would want to pray to themselves and just ask God to forgive them for carelessly carrying his name or carelessly speaking his name or maybe even speaking his name in vain. If that's, I'm not asking you to tell me or show me because that's between you and God. I just want to encourage you, take some time and make that right with him this morning. Say, Father, forgive me. May my life bring honor and glory to your name. May my words bring honor and glory to your name. Help me to be worthy to carry your name.
And maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior this morning. You say, Pastor Ed, today, I know that he loves me and I'm hearing what you're saying. I need forgiveness. I need that relationship. The Bible tells that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If that's something that you know that you need to do this morning, right where you're sitting in this auditorium or with us watching today, I would invite you just to whisper this prayer to God. Say, dear Father in heaven, dear God, dear Jehovah, please forgive me of all the sin that's in my life. I believe that you are the creator. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died so that I could be forgiven. And I believe that he's alive today. And now I'll forever live with you. Please come into my life and save me. Help me to live for you and help me to honor your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And then just say it quietly in your heart, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us this morning, please let me know. Shoot me an email at pastor at warehousechurch.com. Let us know out in the hallway this morning. We'll celebrate that with you today. Let's take that name. Let's make God proud by the way that we live, talk about, and handle his name this week, church. Amen? Amen. Well, we want to thank you for being part of our church service today. Thank you for everybody that's here. Uh, it's a blessing to, to see everybody. It's an encouragement. I'm encouraged. You know when you're in the house for four or five days, John, isn't it encouraging to see people this morning? That's my buddy, John. Today's John's birthday. Everybody say happy birthday, John. That's right. That's my friend right there. We're so glad. Yes, it is. Mucho gracias. One of our friends from Lagonia back there, it's their birthday too. We got a lot of birthday in the house this morning and no cake, John. It's not even right. Anyway, hey, listen, we're glad you're here today. We're so thankful that you're watching online. Please share that on your Facebook today so that other people can hear this message as well and be connected to Warehouse Church. But can I encourage you, church, you say a lot of people are, listen, invite somebody to church, whether you invite them to enjoy the experience online or invite them to be a part of our church service in person. We'll be here next week at 10 o'clock and we hope that you'll be able to be with us too. Hey, thanks for being here today. We're gonna ask you if you would, uh, our ushers are gonna come and dismiss you by row. Uh, be mindful that not everybody wants a hug. It's kind of hard to say no to a hug because you feel bad. Not everybody wants one, that's all good. We respect the boundaries and we want you to feel safe in this environment as well. But we wanna thank you for being here today and we look forward to visiting with you out in the hallway this morning. God bless you, church. Thanks for being here today.